Hi everyone, this is Learn to Love. I'm Amani and I'm joined by my mother, who's a therapist. Hi, I'm Shazia. We're here to talk about your questions about love and relationships. Send your love questions to our Instagram at Learn to Love Official Podcast. Welcome to the fourth episode of Learn to Love. We just want to start off this week by thanking everybody who is listening each week and sending us your feedback on the episodes. We never expected such a great response, so we really, really appreciate it. And thank you for also sending us messages of how episodes affected you. I think that is really encouraging mm-hmm. to us. And yeah, we just want to thank everybody for that. And also thank you for the questions that you send us. We look forward to exploring what's on your mind today in today's episode and also for the weeks to come. So this week, the question that we chose was actually something that I chose in particular because I feel like it's very, very relevant to my age and the people who I am currently very surrounded by. The question is, how do I know if someone is right for me for a long-term committed relationship? So I think the reason I really wanted to explore this topic with you, mom, is because it's very, very common in young adults to think about these things especially at the age where there are a lot of pressures to get married and choosing someone to be with for a long-term relationship is not an easy thing to choose, right? So it needs a lot of work. So I think what I want to explore here on this episode are some things that you can identify that are important to consider when choosing if somebody is right for you or not. Yeah, it's not an easy thing, especially because we're all different and we're looking for different things. Different things are important to us. It's not a formula. It's not something that we know from before or we can make up in our minds and be like, okay, I want to meet some meet somebody who fits these criteria. It's something very individual and it does need work. Yeah, definitely. And everybody will have different preferences, like you said, and different criteria. But I think the underlying thing when somebody is entering a long term commitment, whether it's for a marriage or whether it's just to be with somebody for a long time is that the goal pretty much is for it to last, right? Like you go into it hoping that it lasts and that you can work on things together. So choosing the person who you see yourself lasting with is, I think, very, very interesting to me and something I want to learn more about. Yeah, and it's not, it's not something we can take for granted. It is something that takes some effort to figure out what's important in your long-term partner. And Mm -hmm. also, what's important? What are the important qualities that we need to develop if we're going to be good partner material for someone else? So we'd like to preface the conversation by saying that even though many people in their 20s are thinking about marriage or finding a partner or deciding to settle down with somebody, it's not something that's for everyone at this age. There's no one right age for somebody to settle down, get married, meet the right person. I think it happened at any time of your life. Yeah, and also marriage is a very personal choice. Some people may not want to get married at all. And I think we want to make it very clear that we are not condoning in any way or pressurizing anybody to go into a marriage or a long-term relationship if that's not what they see for themselves. Absolutely. It is a very personal choice because it's a choice that you will have to live with for the foreseeable future once you make it. And I think for those people who have that goal or that aim or that desire, first things first, mom, I think you would agree with me. 
it's very important to ask yourself in that situation, do you actually want to get married? Or is it something that society is putting upon you that you think that you should get married? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that takes a little bit of coming into yourself, a little bit of time to reflect on what your priorities are. Like, are you done exploring different options for yourself, different lifestyles? Have you figured out really what's important to you and what kind of partner you're, you know, would suit what you're looking for in life? Or do you still need more time kind of to travel, to do your own thing, to explore different careers, just to get to know yourself or maybe just even hang out with friends? It could be anything. Marriage is not a choice that everybody has to make at one certain age. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's very easy to get caught up in what society expects of you. And by society, I mean, it could be your friends, it could be your family, it could be movies or TV and create an image of your life or your future life that you think that you must accomplish. Like, for example, I think when I was younger, I always thought because Mom, you got married when you were pretty young, like mm -hmm. 22, 22, right? 22 the first time, yes. Yeah. So when I was younger, I always thought like, you know, by 22, 23, 24, I'll probably be married too. I never really questioned that. And I never really thought, okay, maybe I won't be ready at that point. Or maybe something else will be important to me when I'm at that age. You know, I always had like an idea of what my future was going to look like. And I somewhat planned towards that future and thinking, okay, I should probably get a boyfriend in my teen years because then if I want to get married, then I'll just marry the guy that I'm dating when I'm a teenager. Yeah, and it's quite a common experience, you know, to have this idea that by a certain age, maybe 25, I'm going to, you know, meet the right person, we'll get married. By 27, 28, I'll have my first child, we'll yeah. have a house, we'll have a career, we'll settle down. It's just, you know, we have these kind of these fantasies that we built out of maybe movies or songs or maybe seeing our, you know, parents. Exactly, or people that were close to us. Yeah, and I think that plays a very powerful role in the pressures that we also put on ourselves because then it can become confusing whether marriage is something that you actually want, like marriage, babies, that standard picket fence life, or whether you're, you want to choose to do something else, right? Because that's also a very valid choice. And I think slowly our generation, my generation in particular, is kind of paving the way for being like, okay, no, we're not going to follow this script. And we're going to change things up because it's obviously not working. I mean, the 50% divorce rate is very <laughs> indicative that it's not working, right? right? So I think I'm very, I'm very happy that things are changing. But I also do think that for people who do want to get married, it, there are things that we can discuss that make it less daunting. Because I think at the position that I'm in right now, it feels like, okay, this is, this is scary. This is scary because it's my whole life. Yeah, and it, it can feel scary, and especially if family's involved. Yeah. If family pressure's involved, if family expectations are involved, you know, maybe the first hint you got when you were growing up was at 16, that, oh, when you get married. It's not really a pressure that's overt sometimes. It can be very subtle, mm -hmm, yeah. you know. Oh, your older sister, older brother got married at this age. So when you get married, it's almost like, dot 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 fill in the missing blanks mm -hmm. and it's like i will too yeah yeah i know what, like yeah totally and i think some cultures have it worse than others i think <laughs> some of my friends have it 
I, w- I shouldn't say worse yeah. because like everybody has different more experiences. Intense pressure, more yeah. intense pressure. I just feel pressure very intensely. This is why I think of it as like a <laughs> negative emotion. But yeah, I think some people have families that expect more from them. And some people have families who expect less from them. And I have all types of friends like that. And and I think even if your family has that expectation that you have to get married by 25, for example, there are some things that we can even discuss that might be helpful for somebody who knows that they have, they have to do this. You know, because that's realistic. We can't just be like, choose your own path, be a trailblazer, like F the rules, like all of that. <laughs> you know, we can't say that. I think we have to be a little bit realistic and be like, okay, if that is your family's aim or goal for you. And that becomes your life choice because you also don't want to go against yeah. when, you know, what people in your family are doing. Exactly. You want to flow with what's important to your family's values. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. And I think kind of figuring out then what is important to you becomes super important in general for the relationship and for choosing the person. And hopefully you still have the choice to say yes to somebody and no to another person, even if you are going with your family's expectations Mm -hmm. or flow in terms of their values. Yeah. But another thing to consider is, are you ready to make the changes and compromises that are required to be the kind of partner that somebody else may want? Yeah. And I think at like a young age of 22, 23, it's, it's hard to know if you're ready or hard to know what being ready even looks like because we're always told, okay, get married at this age, have babies at this age, but there's never any discussions about what are the qualifications <laughs> that make you like ready for that. I don't know. It's just not something that is like commonly discussed. I just love the way you said that. I <laughs> love the way you said there's no qualifications because we have qualifications for school, for university, for jobs. And here you are embarking on affecting the life of your partner, possibly future children, Mm, everybody who's involved in your marriage. What are the qualifications? So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I think the reason why that I've even thought about it like this is because I've seen like because my mom got divorced when I was really young. And I was then, very poorly qualified. <laughs> <laughs> but you were also super young. So I was super why, young. you know, why were you expected to go into a marriage knowing exactly how to act, what to do with this new family? You know, like that's a, that's tough for anybody at that age. And learning how to negotiate that new experience can be tough, I think. Yeah, it is really tough because every family has different habits, different nuances in terms of their dynamics and yeah it it is hard it is hard and I think it's not just about learning how to be with another family but also you know having the maturity to be able to flow with another person and by flow with another person doesn't mean compromise everything but having the maturity meaning having the awareness to take account for how your behavior how your actions affect another person, how you're impacting the people around you and taking responsibility for those actions. Yeah, and I think that it's extremely hard learning how to flow with a different family and their expectations of you and how they operate because you're not born knowing how to adjust to like so many people and their expectations. And I think that's a skill 
that you can develop based on within yourself, but also living with another person that is also extremely hard and requires, I think, some self-awareness and maturity, probably just to like live with another person and and have that living be functional and productive and comfortable for both people involved. Yeah, it does take skill. It does take skill. It takes maturity. You know, we need to be self-aware to a degree. We need to have the maturity to take responsibility for our actions and our reactions. Yeah. You know, we need to be able to know how to change, how to compromise, how to sometimes put our own needs aside for the, for the greater good of the relationship. Yeah. And that takes the ability to make a consistent effort, even when we're not up for it sometimes. Yeah, seriously, because you won't be up for it 100% of the time. No, absolutely not. So there is that element of moving from being very childlike, very playful, kind of the world revolves around me, to suddenly I am secondary to this relationship. Yeah, and I think that requires an element of compromise, probably, because not everything you want to do is what your partner is going to want to do. Your lifestyle may not match perfectly. It's never going to be 100% what you expected. And there's going to be bumps in the road, obviously. And when day-to-day reality hits, it's not going to be picture perfect, always agreeing with each other and the way you guys live your lives because you've lived as separate human beings until this point that you decide to come together, right? It's a really big change. It's a really big transition. And we need to have the qualities that enable us to adapt, that enable us to be flexible, to be able to bear with disappointment and frustration to a degree, you Mm -hmm. know? And, And a lot of times we go into marriage thinking everything will work itself out. Everything will be okay because I love this person. They're so funny. They're so good looking. They're, they like the same things as I do. And those are amazing things to find in another person, especially a companionship, in a companion. But I think that there are other qualities that enable two people to be able to flow together in harmony so that they don't end up making each other miserable. Yeah, because, I mean, as we were saying before with the 50% divorce rate, those people are not going into their marriage thinking that it's going to end. They're like, oh my God, I found the one. This is the person for me. Because I feel like a lot of what's to blame is the fact that these conversations aren't that openly had. The same pressures that are on you to get married are way stronger than the voices of people being like, you should consider this, you should consider that. But I think that that's very, very important in this whole process. I wish I had it. but. Now, when I made the choice at 42, I really thought about it. I really thought about what was important to me, what my priorities were, and I am so grateful for that. And I'd love to discuss that. What are those things that I thought about? What are those things that help me today? And I think can help young people everywhere when they think about what kind of fit would be good for them. One of the most important things for me was to consider the role the family, his family played in his day-to-day decisions because I wanted to know how much um, time we had to spend with his family, what was expected of us, what was expected of me, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of role I'd need to conform to. And I'd been living alone for a while, so I was quite independent. But I think when young couples are figuring out whether they're they're a good fit, 
I think it's important to discuss what type of living arrangements are going to be expected for the future. Are you going to be living together? Are you going to be living separately? Are you going to have people coming in and out of your house or staying with you for long periods of time? That conversation, you know, can be had prior to getting in because otherwise it's like a big surprise. Like you thought you'd be living on your own. You thought you'd be making your own decisions or figuring out what you wanted to do on your spare time. And it was yours to decide. But it turns out that there's a whole list of family expectations that you didn't even know about. Yeah, and you might be okay with them, but I think just knowing what they are, that's what's what I think we want to stress because otherwise it's just the blind leading the blind going into a situation that can potentially be catastrophic in the end. Very stressful. If not catastrophic, at least very, very stressful, you know, because if you've lived on your own, if you went away to university for a few years or... You had an expectation that, oh, I'll leave my parents' house and then I'll be making my own decisions. And suddenly you have another set of parents that you didn't even grow up with kind of watching over your movements. That can be quite a shock to the system. Yeah, that's such a good point, because I think especially girls who come back to Pakistan from college and they come back to living with their families and, you know, according to their parents' rules. You can think of marriage as like an escape from that. You can be like, okay, then it'll be me independent from my parents. And that's so relatable to a lot of like discussions and conversations still with my friends because it's hard because your parents don't really necessarily realize the independence you gained in university. And then when you come back, you're like hoping and praying that you get that same independence soon. And sometimes marriage can be your exit. That in your mind, that in your in your imagination, that marriage is your exit to living yeah. an independent life because suddenly marriage means adulthood. Marriage yeah. means making your own decisions. And it turns out that maybe your partner's parents had a whole set, or it could be like the female partner too. Yeah. You know, ways, your partner's yeah. parents had a whole host of expectations. And now suddenly there's a lot of stress and tension in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think those stressors in particular can contribute to a lot of fights that the couple has on a daily basis or or explosive arguments that happen surrounding these things that cause a lot of tension in the household. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's important to sit down as a couple, as a potential couple who's going to make a commitment to a long-term relationship to figure out, okay, What is the role that the extended family, my parents, your parents, is going to play in the day-to-day decision-making for us, for us as a couple? How we're going to live, how we're going to spend our money, how we're going to make our money, whether or not we're going to have children, when we're going to have children, all of these things, you know. Families can have a lot of influence. Or families can leave a young couple very independent. But there's a whole variety of scenarios that take place in our in our society. Yeah, and I think knowing what you're okay with and the kind of involvement that you're used to or how much of a role your family personally plays is a very important step in choosing the person that you spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, and how comfortable you are in terms of your partner's family playing a big role you know, and that can be negotiated, that can be talked about, there can be certain agreements that the both of you, you know, come to an understanding that, okay, these decisions, I'm okay with having other people influence, but these ones I want autonomy over, like my job, 
you know, if I go out or not, talk about those things and work it out as yeah. much as possible. Yeah, the talking about it, the communication aspect, I think that should really, really be highlighted. That's what I'm getting from this. And I think that that can be very, very valuable to tell our listeners. Yeah, and it's prep work. It can happen before, you know, the decision is made. Yeah. Another consideration that's important, I think, is lifestyle. And what we mean by lifestyle isn't just, okay, you know, this person has this car and I have this car and this person lives in this type of house and I live in, it's much more than that. I think, you know, what time you like to wake up and go to bed, how social you are, your spending habits. There's so many things that come into having a similarity with regards to lifestyle. But if your lifestyle is kind of matched, it can make things a lot lot more harmonious but if they're very it's very different it can create a lot of stress and tension so it's worthwhile having a discussion prior to settling down with someone what's your lifestyle lifestyle going to be like are you into fitness are you into health what time you go to bed these may seem trivial but at the end of the day they accumulate into making a couple flow together on a day-to-day basis Or one person's, you know, going out every weekend till 3 a.m. and the other partner wants to snuggle in in bed by 10. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the times when you go into a marriage, you kind of expect that, okay, this person will change or this dynamic will change. But that's not necessarily the case. Maybe that person will want to start going out more once you get married. Like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know that they're just going to morph into the perfect person that you expected, right? Like. I think having that image or having that rose-colored lens of what your dynamic is going to look like can maybe cause some issues because it's not necessary that the partner, that your partner is going to match your lifestyle in all those ways. Absolutely. And I think that you need to sit down and discuss things like whether or not you want to have children. Yeah. How will you divide household responsibilities? Who's going to earn? You know, Mm -hmm. is it going to be shared? Are you expected to work? Is he expected to work? You know, things like that. These are fundamental aspects of Mm -hmm. how a couple lives their life together. And it's important to do some of the prep work before so that the surprises can be dealt with after because there's always surprises that you never even considered, like a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And I guess if your bases are covered, at least like the baseline things that you and your partner can relate on or are similar in are all met. When a pandemic hits or something catastrophic happens, you have each other's back and you don't feel like you have a very rocky foundation as to deal with these insane things that life throws at us. Absolutely. And I think that the flexibility, like, okay, so we may have discussed roles, whereas, you know, you're going to have 60% of the domestic duties. I'm going to have 60% or 70% of the bread earning or income generation Mm -hmm. duties. But that can flip, you know, maybe I lose my job. Maybe you, you know, are sick and you need help. I think that flexibility is an important thing to work into the discussion because how flexible is this person versus how rigidly do they see gender-based roles playing in to your marriage, traditional gender-based roles playing into the marriage and the relationship? Seriously, because I think 
that's so important because sometimes a lot of times in our society in particular, a lot of the pressure of the bread earning breadwinning goes to the guy. And you know, you don't know what's going to happen. They could get sick, like what you're saying. Like the pandemic could affect you financially. Like these are very realistic things that can happen in life. Yeah, because stress is a guarantee, you know. Yeah. Things are not going to go exactly the way you plan. But having the major, I think what we're talking about is having the major basis covered. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have a similar lifestyle. You have similar spending habits. You've decided that if you, you know, you can have children, you go on to have children. This is probably when you'll start planning for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to reach a certain stage in your career. Maybe you want to be a certain age before you think about it, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe you want to be at a certain level of maturity that you can actually take care of another human being. It's not just something you press a button and automatically you become pregnant and you become parents. That should never be the case. Yeah, and I feel like that can sometimes be a pressure. Sometimes the family or like your mother-in-law or whoever can expect like, okay, when are you popping out a baby? And obviously that pressure gets very ingrained into your mind and sometimes it's like you feel inferior or something if that's not the choice that you make or that's not the lifestyle that you go for yeah that's why it's important to have a partner that you can have these discussions with because even if the extended family has an influence or has an opinion which might be different from your own it's important that your partner has your back you have each other's back in these major life decisions and you walk hand in hand together yeah so i i've really learned a lot from this conversation particularly about the importance of communication communication about the role family plays communication about like lifestyle and whether you and your partner have a similar one And communication about decision-making and how you make decisions together. I think that's a very important part of what makes a marriage successful. But obviously, there are things you can't plan, right? Life can throw stuff at you that you were never expecting. And you can't plan for that. So what do you suggest in that situation that you are met with, you know, a difficulty or a financial turmoil or a situation like that? that you never expected. And that's a guarantee because life will throw curveballs at you, you know, sooner or later. And although you can have conversations about what your life is going to look like till the cows come home, there's no guarantee that it's going to work out like that. There's a guarantee that it will not work out like that, in fact. So how do you plan or how do you prepare, I should say, for the unexpected? And I think that's where skills come in. And we've talked about this before, but there's a particular set of skills I'd like to stress on when it comes to being able to deal with stress, being able to deal with stress, not just on yourself, but in a relationship. It takes a lot of patience, Mm -hmm. the ability to pause, to consider the options, to consider what's coming out of your mouth before you say it. And to be flexible in your thinking. Just because you think a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way or the only way to think. Really considering another person's Mm -hmm. point of view takes a lot of patience. Yeah, and it's definitely something that you have to work on. I mean, some people are more patient than others, but being patient with somebody on a day-to-day basis and treating them with respect 
I think is a goal that we all should have, but it's not necessarily an easy one. I agree. And I think that we can start by applying it in the relationship relationships we have prior to when we decide to settle down and get married practice Mm -hmm. it with your parents practice it with your annoying siblings practice (laughs) it with your friends but practice patience because through practicing it we get better and better we also realize what our triggers are and we can work through them yeah i mean i agree that's so important and knowing whether your partner is patient and can deal with situations like that can be very comforting because then you feel like I can rely on this person to not be to not act absolutely nuts and crazy when something unexpected happens reactive right yeah Yeah. somebody who's really reactive or I'm really reactive somebody who can be patient who can think through their decisions before they act who can think through their words before they say something I think that's absolutely a beautiful beautiful quality to have because if I'm with somebody who can do that, who can exercise patience, I feel very secure. I feel very safe. And I think safety is one of the key criteria that makes a relationship work. I'm not just talking about physical safety. I'm talking about emotional safety. I think that's one of the things that makes us feel like, hey, I want to stay here. This person's Mm -hmm. got my back and I have this person's back. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. And I've learned a lot from this conversation. And thank you, mom, for imparting your wisdom this week. And as usual, we'll see you guys next week. Please send us your questions. There's a link in our Instagram bio at Learn to Love Official Podcast. And yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. (laughs) 